Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And And this this is Storymakers Show. And today on Storymakers, we're talking about first drafts. And improvising. And improvising first drafts. But first, Angie Powers, what are you working on? Well, I'm actually working on... Well, a certain amount of client work and also wanting to get to a place where I'm prepping for a, an experiment. I'm calling it the experiment, summer experiment. Filmmaking experiment. Yes. And it will come to bear on our conversation so you, later. You can talk a little more about the parameters when we get there. Yes. Well, I finished <laughs> um, inputting the edits, right? So, so this sort of whole round has been crazy. Uh, This whole round has been like, okay, here are the things I'm addressing, figuring out how to address them, like crazy, figuring out, figuring out, thinking on a high level, struggling, getting, da, 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 going in, hand editing, you know, what's, what's this going to look like? And then typing in, right, from, from scratch. Fantastic. Love that. Printing it out again, hand editing it again, by which I mean, you know, Noodling around, Massaging. On the, noodling around with a pen mm. on the typed manuscript in a new font, just, you know, to see if that helped. So now, A new font? Yeah, I printed it out in a different font. Than the one you typed it in with? Well, yeah, actually. So I typed in with this very, like, flowy, kind of almost a cursive kind of font because I thought that might help me get at the more personal, emotional side of things. And then I didn't want to print it out in that, so I printed it out in something else. Like a I, handwriting font? Well, that, that was what I typed in. <laughs> You're... Ma- Angie's, let it be noted that Angie's jaw is dropping. You just, are you like suspicious of this or like why, why appalled? Why why are you appalled? Oh, just, I think most script fonts, so the handwriting looking fonts, Mm -hmm. are just not that pleasurable to look at in quantity. And it's not like a total, it's not a faux, it's more like a faux printing hand as opposed to like cursive. Right, like Comic Sans? No, it's, it's not Comic Sans. I can't remember what it's called, sorry. Uh, comic Sans too. No, it's not one of those. It's a little less like that. I want to say it's like Chaun- Chauncey or something, but I don't even know if that's true or if that just name is popping up. In my no, head. I think Chauncey is one. There's Chancellery too. Yeah, I don't I just really don't know. And then I don't even remember the one that I printed it out in that isn't, you know, just Times New Roman. It's just something You know what would be fun to really experiment with fonts is to just do like a whole pass in wingdings and then <laughs> see if you can remember what you did. Like just totally have a guess where you're like, great, I'm going to do this whole thing in wingdings and then you do the like, same thing again but in like regular font. And then you change the font from wingdings to, you know, Times New Roman. And you get to see how close you were. You know, I feel like there was an assignment, maybe like in a an Eileen Miles poetry workshop or something that I did, but I, I'm not 100% sure if that was where, of like translating something from a language you didn't speak. So wingdings. Have, well, maybe not quite wingdings, but you have a language and you're, you know, because it, it would pull associations and you'd play with it and all of that. Mm-hmm. But more like French or something. Hmong. What? Hmong. Hmong. No. Anyway. So, (laughs) I will go wherever you want, but it sounds like you keep saying, come on, come on. And I don't know where you want me to go. Um, 
So, yeah, no, that sounds interesting because the fun thing with a real foreign language versus wingdings is that uh, you have your cognates and your false cognates. So you have those words that sound like the words and we often enjoy the difference between what we think a word sounds like in English and so assume it means because, you know, English speakers are like, oh, it's close to English. It must be the same thing. Um, And those false cognates that basically... Uh, Elizabeth is pulling up her external brain. <laughs> you laugh, but that's really where this is all happening. I know, we're cyborgs. We yeah. are cy- Oh, that was, no, we missed it. <laughs> Mong. Okay. Mong. So I was not, I was not silencing my H. Okay. It's a, it's a language, Mong. And that'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Maybe. In any case, um, yes, cognates, false cognates, translation, wingdings. That's what I've been working on. Mm-hmm. None of that, actually, but, you know, this inputting the changes. So now I have sort of a draft, and I, I have, like, a list of, you know, things I need to do, like six more things I need to do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of, like, so myopically close to it, I have no idea if it's better, if it's working, if it makes sense, anything. So that's the crazy part, you know. Because this is officially like your 738th draft. Yes. So. Yes. So I think, you know, I must be getting close. Yeah. Yeah. Any minute now. Any minute now. I just want to say I'm really looking forward to turning to the thing I wrote while I was waiting to hear back from agents. Yeah. Like the new, yeah. The, new, the next thing. You know, and I think there's something to be said. It's really funny, you know, talking to the parents at school today and, and really hearing about how for parents it's really hard sometimes to hold their children to some level of commitment and not to acquiesce to a child's desire or an anxious person's desire to avoid things that are hard. And I just, you've done such a tremendous job modeling that perseverance. (laughs) And I'm not sure that our kids quite get it yet, like what you've actually achieved. Because it's like Miss Havisham. You could say Miss Havisham modeled perseverance too because she just waited there in her wedding dress with her wedding cake for like 50 years. And and how'd that go for her? Yeah, not that well. So different though. Well, let's hope so. Here, you know, you are not Miss Havisham. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's drink to that. Mm-hmm. All right. So today we're going to talk about first drafts and improvisation. Yes. And this sort of comes about because of Angie's model for a experiment, for a filmmaking yes. experiment. So let's start by your explaining that. Then I can talk about why I associate this, maybe it'll be obvious, with first drafts. And we'll go from there. Um, great. Well, you know, when we shot Lost in the Middle, we did... Angie's first narrative feature film. We did a lot that will probably be replicated in this process. Um, but I wrote an entire script ahead of time. I'm fond of the script. I'm, and I'm also fond of what the actors were able to do with that, right? Yeah. So this experiment is more about saying, okay... Um, I'm going to create a framework so that I'm still going to do the planning part. So there's going to be a story arc built into it, but then I'm going to collaborate with the actors 
to kind of manifest the the ins and outs of it. And I, and by that I mean so the the plan is um and I will say I got this model actually from a Udemy class. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um but the model is basically this that you would do kind of your same step outline. Like everything up to actually writing the script you would kind of still do. Right. And everything means all this sort of pre-work that you have been taught and that you teach and it involves kind of coming up with the premise, coming up with the log line, coming up with seven right. steps, coming up with a step list, scene by scene. So even though it's improvisational yeah. and I'm really looking for the opportunity to grow as a director by working more with actors and bringing their voice into um, this process in a, in a different way. Like I think I, I hope I was collaborative, right? Um, but it's a different model when then you have like, here's, here's the script, right? And here's what you have to do versus here's the scene. Right. What's, what's, what's interesting, I was listening to a Rink, Richard Linklater interview mm-hmm. on off, off camera with Sam somebody okay. podcast. Okay. It'll be in the show notes. Sam Watterson. Hmm. Sorry, Sam. Anyway, um, and he was talking about how, you know, he really writes a script, but um, but there'll be also some periods of improvisation. But that if he was sort of interestingly saying, it seemed like he was saying, you know, sometimes an actor will be like, oh, I wrote that line. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, well, in the sense that, like, you spouted out, like, six possibilities, and I was like, that one, right? And so <laughs> he definitely had a sense that, like, that there was less improv than maybe his actors felt. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not the, on the other side of it. Yeah. Well, you are, you, if you don't have a script, there's going to be some improv. Well, that's the experiment, yeah. yes. is to do improvisation um, in, in a bounded, boundaried way. And I think a lot of people misunderstand improvisation is a set of tools already. Right, so, so it's already. What are the tools of improvisation? Um, you know, there are quite a few. I mean, there's not. Well, there like, are different forms, okay. right? So you have a short form that most of us are familiar with because, you know, writers will come up with, uh, you know, little sketches, or you know, or you're familiar with someone saying like, "Oh, throw out something" or a job, and then they'll you know go through an exercise where they create a story integrating all of that stuff or that show what's my line like all of these things are all very improvisational and yet the tools are um you're going to take whatever the audience member says and say okay great and you're going to run with it and somebody's going to have an idea based on that and the rest of the group is going to say like okay yes and how do we move it forward and everybody knows that because i just want to say this week in craft class we we looked at conflict and i said you know sort of the no but or like, mm-hmm. and, and so we talked about, yeah, and I said, so what's improvisation? And everybody's like, yes, and everybody knows Yes, that. so that's something that people are very familiar with. But beyond that, um, there are, you know, a series of, I think, more concrete exercises that you engage in. Um, and there's a long form called The Herald. And that's like a full-length performance, like a, like a play mm-hmm. that is ostensibly all improvisation and yet you you would end up so in the weeds if you didn't have certain frameworks 
And this is where it's sort of like first drafting, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, one of the interesting things, that, so we talked about in my craft class, yes and, you know, okay, I said, okay, conflict is sort of the opposite of improv in the sense of, you know, what is this rule that everybody knows? Like, yes and, okay. So in a way, and then I, there's this thing, and I don't know where it comes from, about mm-hmm. story building, where you answer a story question with either yes, but... Or no and, kind of mm. no and, not only that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, will they get through the tunnel? Yes, but on the other side of the tunnel, there's a dragon, right? Or will they get through the tunnel? No, and not only that, but they'll get sealed in the tunnel and, mm-hmm. you know, have to escape or whatever. So, right. Um, and then what I was realizing is, but you, when you're writing, you have to say yes and to your writer self, right? You can't be like, what's this tunnel? That's stupid. I don't want to do that. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. to say, okay, a tunnel. And, you know, because I think there's a, that little yeah. voice that pops up and says, no, no, it's stupid. What about this or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I think, I, absolutely. Right? So you have to kind of collaboratively say yes and to yourself when you're early drafting. Right. Right. And maybe at other points too. Yes. And so what's interesting is that, at least for the experiment, um, I will be doing a lot of the development. And what's interesting, you know, like you still have like a visual sensibility that you'll be working with for, you know, as a director. And one of the things you do as a director is you kind of come up with um, strategies for kind of supporting actors. And so instead of, you know, it's it's like interviewing. Instead of asking someone yes or no questions, you give them an open-ended question that will allow them to work or say more, right, in an interview. And and and, and with acting, you're really wanting to give people some ways, some reframes, if they're sort of heading down a path that maybe is veering out of the sort of larger vision of the film. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting because, again, as I'm saying, like, okay, I'm coming to the table with this and you're coming to the table with that, balancing those things and how to bring those pieces together is going to be huge and lots of opportunity, right? So how do you not squash the opportunity and yet... Keep it a holistic single vision. Okay, I almost want you to like to make a documentary about the making of this experiment, <laughs> right? But I think you'd need a whole other separate crew to do that. Right. So, um, how does this process relate to the way you write a draft normally? Well, you know, almost all of it is the same up to the actual writing of the script. Right. Which sounds ridiculous. Because you're like, okay, isn't that all of it? And the answer is no, that's not all of it. And You mean the writing of the script. Yeah. Right. And right. so there are pieces that are really about, um, you know, I remember taking this class, act, you know, acting for a film, whatever. And I was taking it because I really wanted to understand better what actors were bringing. And I was younger and somewhat offended by what actors were being told to do and to develop these backstories and these other things. And I was like, you know, as a writer, I do all of that, right? Mm. Um, And at the same time, um, when actors really inhabit a character, it's a little bit like doing a... um, sharing of the load, right? That they're willing to go deeper into the specifics of a person and of a character. Well, and they probably have to bring something personal to it. Absolutely. Even if it's not 
specifically autobiographical, right? They have to sort of remake it. Right. And so it's just sort of interesting because, you know, I had had this sort of arrogance about like, well, I do a bunch of work before I pass this off. And I have very clear ideas about how this person behaves in the world. But the truth is that's maybe too much work for a single person to do and that your collaboration with your actor is your opportunity to really um, manifest the wonderful, when we see characters who have wonderful quirks and details, you know, that's from an actor's work. They're, you know, they're bringing these things that maybe as a director, you don't have time in quite the same way to be focused on, you know, especially like my first film was like eight characters, right? So was I going to do the depth of work that would give those characters justice. Well, and I noticed like there's a shot, you know, where we see all the characters in the in the frame mm-hmm. and like Guinevere does this thing where she kind of she kind of looks at everybody else. I mean, her character. And it's yes. such a powerful moment, mm-hmm. right? It's such it's such a kind of character revealing choice. Mhm. Um, to clock what everyone else is experiencing in this very intense moment. Yes. Yes. Right. So that's like, and, and, you know, and then, and then of course, as a director, you make the choice to like, to include that, right? Mm-hmm. That that's an important part of the story. So that's this interesting way that that collaboration keeps deepening and deepening. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So. So yes. So you'll do the, the, the planning work, the thinking work, the character, some of the character work, because how do you audition someone for something in, not specific, right? So you have a character in mind, you have a story arc in mind. So the idea then is like, what is the richness you can mine from the work these other people are bringing? And it may be that uh, you get into a space and you, you know, instead of having a series of actions that you as a scriptwriter had outlined, your actors are really thinking about an organic way that they would choose to interact based on the work that they've done. And then you're like, great, so how do I now inter- introduce the camera into that interaction? And do you have a sense of the story? I have a little bit of a sense. It really depends on um, a couple of things. So we're going to have a couple of actors who've agreed up to this point. Hi, Rachel. Um, <laughs> hi, Alexander. Um, to do that. So it really depends. I want to get. I would like to get a, a four-person ensemble total to do that and... Um, and so it's going to definitely shape. So the other piece is for me is, is, is like every low budget, right? What do I have access to? What can I work with? And so I, I have our house. <laughs> I have our neighborhood. I have a dog. A dog that will scare people. I have access to amazing, you know, natural resources here and environments, I have access to low-profile cameras that will allow me to be in those environments without really showing a lot of the fact that we're making films, right? So um, it's so I've got a lot of stuff that I can work with. So I throw all of these things in the hopper, and, and then I'm going to kind of work out these different pieces. Um, but again depending on the other two. Mm-hmm. And I have a basic scenario that I'm thinking about, but I don't want to. Yeah. Well, that is very exciting. And I think there are a lot of lessons to draw for drafting a narrative mm-hmm. prose mm-hmm. piece from this. And I think even I was reminded when you were talking about what do I have? What are my resources? I was thinking of how um, Sylvia Plath uh, 
and I think Kate Moses told us this, right? She would say, okay, I'm going to write a poem about mushrooms or whatever. And then mm-hmm. she'd make a list of like every image she could think of and every fact and every whatever, right? Memory about mushrooms. And yeah. I mean, that's a, a different kind of culling of resources, but I think... I love that. Yeah. So I think for, as writers, we can, we can pull these things together. What are, what are our resources? What are, what ideas do we have? What obsessions do we have? What, you know... All of that and, mm-hmm. pull, and pull it together and, and say, okay, like I'm moving forward with this and then say yes and to our writer self. I was thinking about how, you know, you encourage people to do a step list in a very brainstormy, drafting yes. way. Yes. You're, you're, even though you're making a list of scenes, you're still making it up mm-hmm. or remembering it and randomly right. putting it in an order and, you know, like mm-hmm. culling scenes or, or making them up basically. And I was thinking about... so. I heard an interview with Lauren Groff, who famously, and I've talked about this, like throws away whole drafts and blah, blah, blah. Well, so she'll, she talked about how she'll write drafts on index cards. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I don't think they're three words. She's like, it's surprising how much you can fit on an index card. So I think she's writing prose on the index card. But, and then for Fates and Furies, she put up two big like butcher paper stretches. And then one was his and one was hers. And she would just go back and forth and write scenes and things. Mm. And so... That's kind of what she threw away, I think. I mean, I'm sure, whatever. I don't know. Well, also, I mean, there's so much wonderful to be said about that. Because I think we often forget the value of a uh, tactile writing experience. Yeah, yeah. Like the index cards, the big paper, moving around. It's sort of like changing fonts. Exactly like changing fonts. So, um, yeah, so I think bringing that spirit of improv and collaboration, and even if your characters are not actors that you can sit in a room with, you still are sort of collaborating with your characters. I mean, I think when people talk about, oh, my character went off and did this thing by themselves, it's really that, you know, we contain multitudes and that mm-hmm. we, can, we can become a character who says no to our author, sometimes rather easily. So, um, so yeah, so yeah. thank you for sharing that, and we'll be really excited to keep following its progress here on Storymaker's Show. It is time for... Steal This. Amateur Poets Borrow. Professional Poets Steal. What have you come across in your wanderings and readings that you would like to take and make your own? Sleep. <laughs> so have you come across <laughs> it or not come across <laughs> it enough? I actually, um, I'm reading, again... I've, I've talked a lot about the book A Mind for Numbers by Barbara Oakley, and she and a couple of her collaborators wrote a version of that book for middle and high school students. And there was one moment where they talked about the impact of sleep for solidifying learning. Mm-hmm. And they show you know, an image of dendrites before learning and before sleep, and then after learning and after sleep. And the dendrites are the... They're in the brain. Yes. And so it's, I mean, it was just such a, obviously visual, but simple way to communicate exactly how important sleep is. Mm. And that there, we talk about all these things sort of theoretically and people do these like life hacking experiments where they're like, great, I'm going to sleep for 20 minutes and then not sleep and da, da, da. Wait, I'm ready to go to sleep right now. I, I know, buy right? it. I buy it. Um, and there's just a direct link to how we lock in what we've learned and so uh, i'm going to bed early tonight all right i'm not going to name this book um but i am reading a book and there's a lot about it that's really wonderful and i don't have a question 
Mm. Like, I'm not wondering what's going to happen. And I'm not seeing a character who needs something and I'm not wondering if they're going to get it or if they're, if they're going to get something else. Or, you know, there, there's, there's not, in a way, a kind of instability. Even though stuff is happening and it's sort of centered around some dramatic incidents, I don't have questions. And, you know, I have, I, I have a high tolerance for whimsy. Boredom? <laughs> not so much boredom. But for whimsy and for digression if I have that question. So I think I, I mentioned last time the Wiki Wang book, uh, Chemistry, mm -hmm. and that she was wondering. Um, you yeah, know, she I was, was just remembering Maya Rudolph being Maya Angelou. And gosh, what was it? It was the whole punk show, but it was like Maya Angelou's like, punk show. <laughs> And I was like, oh, Sister Maya, was this a an act of aggression? And I was like, no, it was an act of whimsy. <laughs> and sorry. I, yes. Well, there you go. But link in the show notes. Right. So exactly. So I, but there's this piece. This is the piece, which is the wondering. What is, what's, you know, wondering something. That the reader has to be wondering something. That that's mm. the engine of, of story. And, um, and in the service of that, I mean, I feel, I feel like I must have talked about this on some level before, but I just, I just had that feeling of frustration of wanting to be pulled through this book because there's so much that's wonderful about it, this unnamed book, but kind of ultimately feeling frustrated that, that I didn't have a question. It's a literary tease is what I'm hearing. Well, it's the opposite. There wasn't enough teasing. It was just, you know, sorry. <laughs> There's little bugs. She's so angry she hit her microphone. <laughs> there are little bugs flying around because we're having the doors open because it's beautiful. So what I'm going to try to do is have those questions. You know, have the questions that drive the characters, drive the reader, because that's what I love as a reader. And I will go anywhere almost with, with a question in hand. Okay. Bandit. Did you have anything you wanted All to right. share? Bandit is... Bandit's going to say signing out. Signing out. Shh. Write your tissues off.